This is the Odd Father Podcast with Chris Matthews and Pete Court. Welcome, listener, and welcome to Dr. Pete Court, a man who is passionate about the answers, but even more passionate about making sure we're asking the right questions. It is a task. It is a task indeed. And hello, Pastor Chris Matthews, a man who loves God and also finds God baffling. So in in line of that and asking the right questions, I have a right question. I've got a right question for you. Um, As a scientist, now you spent many, many, many years as a young lad doing the whole science thing. How how would you describe your your scientific world? Um. (coughs) Shrinking, <laughs> not now. Back then, no, when no. you were when you were being a scientist, it was yeah. shrinking. Then well, was well, it? Well, it's it's <clears> one <throat> of those things that you discover as you, you leave university, you yeah. find a job, and you specialise in things. It's one of those things where you find out you discover you're starting to know more and more about less and less. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So what? So what was your special? What was your lesson less that you were knowing more and more about? Um, uh, luckily for me, and I, I think possibly one of the reasons I enjoyed uh, working in research mm. so much was I actually did quite a lot of different things. I started off uh, in a haematology department uh, studying um, multiple, multi-drug resistance Ooh. in cancers. Yeah. Um, went uh, – it was during the age of the, uh, the rise of molecular biology. And uh, Have you got that on a T-shirt? <laughs> I should. <laughs> um, and, and it was actually a really – Exciting yeah, time. It's yeah, about yeah, the yeah. time the whole concept of PCR was in, uh, yeah. invented yeah. Um, and a lot of things that we were doing previously in terms of cell culture became uh, mm. DNA-based. Right, okay. Um, S- and stop, stop now. Stop now. I've, <laughs> I've completely lost. But okay. the, point is, the point is you're, yeah. you're, you're a man of science. The scientific imperative, I think, in, in what we do and, and in all of your research and stuff was to, to see the world, to measure and to understand what we can see and measure and to see how we could change things, how mm. things were affected, what we could do. But what happens if we consider that we can only see the world, as the Bible says, through a glass darkly or in a distorted fashion? And you're in your science lab with all these wonderful new technologies and they're, and they're evolving and developing constantly all the time mm. in all areas of science. But what happens if that's not the real world that we're seeing, is it possible that the world that we're performing science on is not the real world? You mean a la The Matrix? Yeah. Well, The, the Matrix is a beautiful, mm. yeah, fictionalising of it. Um, C.S. Lewis said the real is actually that which is called the spiritual. Right. And we don't measure that in a science lab. No. Um, one of the things, and I think this is relevant, Science has its limitations, mm. um, and I, I think a good scientist recognises that. Um, one of the – a real-world example, I guess, of the, the lack of wholeness of a scientific mindset, mm. for instance, is that my thought was that people who understood the world better, mm. who were working to – come to a, an understanding of how all things worked would have included how we worked. And therefore, and it may have been a naive assumption at the time, but when I first started working uh, in the scientific area at universities, I assumed that 
people of science would have really good interpersonal relationships. Because... <laughs> Sorry. Because they knew all about them. Right. And they would approach life scientifically. And if science was the right thing to do, then relationships of scientists should be really good because they knew what they were talking about. Right. Only right. to discover that the world of science was a hotbed of affairs and... Um, and people who and, had major issues in other areas. And, and yeah. yeah. People who couldn't, couldn't even stand up in front of a class and speak yeah. to them without hiding, sort of looking down at the desk. They because were, it's easier to talk to a microscope than to a human being. Exactly. Etc. I, I actually Which s- makes me wonder why I enjoyed Yeah, why science. did you... <laughs> so you went into it because... I, I studied psychology, spent a lot of years doing psychology and I was stunned. At, I, I reckon probably 50% of the class were there to find out what was wrong with them right. rather than to find out how they could help the world. And I think that's the same thing is that, like you said, science, we get to know more and more and more about less and less and less and mm. less. Uh, and, but that's not what humans, as you sort of alluded to, we don't, that's not really what we need to be doing in yeah. order to understand what we need to be looking at more and more and more and more. Yes. And to address the elephant in the room, mm. uh, as a pastor, mm. uh, when I first came to faith, my assumption, very naive again, <laughs> was that people who follow Christ mm. and who understand the importance of relationships mm. should also have much better relationships. Right. Now, I, I will admit I was less disappointed but still amazed at how that understand, even having that relationship with God didn't save a lot of people's Relationships with other humans, with other humans, yeah. Because yeah. there's that there's that image that I think is really is a really nice metaphor for of the of the up and down, the horizontal, mm. uh, the the vertical relationship, us and God, and the horizontal, the horizontal relationship yeah. with us and those next to us, and how they're all equally important. But we're not real good at the horizontal ones, and we're particularly not good at the the vertical ones. It's no, yeah. yeah. So I think the common the common thing that you're saying is that with all the science, all the learning, all the knowing of all of the things that we can see and do, we're not good at relationships with each other. We're not no. good at talking to people around us. No, and and I think without because I don't want to bag science mm. in that sense um, or or faith. Mm. But I think you used the word there that I think is the most important one Mm. and that is all the learning. Mm. And I think we have to admit that no matter how good we are at science, no matter what our our, our religious beliefs or the state of our faith, if we don't acknowledge that we are all learning and we can do better, Mm. then we're lost. Yeah. There's a huge amount of research and a lot of – um, I've been doing a lot of reading about people who are highly creative scientists and the ones that are the best at it and who made huge changes to the world. And people like Einstein and mm. Lister and all of these scientists, they're all really humble. Einstein's big thing was he never meant to actually do anything. He was just looking at stuff and having fun. Mm. And um, Ian Fleming, uh, Ian Fleming wrote James Bond. Um, Fleming who made the yes. penicillin. Um, yeah, he's basically – he. James? Um, I don't know the other one. Oh, Flemo. It's called yeah, Flemo. Yeah. Um, uh, look it up if you look listening. it up. If you, yeah, yeah, who, who yeah. sort You've of got discovered? Google. What do you need us for? Discovered penicillin because his lab was such a mess, and he never tidied it up. And he was a rat bag, and he was constantly playing and mucking around. He wasn't the arrogant, hard-headed, must find the truth scientists that scientists that we envisage. He was just mucking around and was constantly at play with science as his toy. Mm. And I find that to be a really, really interesting way of looking at everything. And I, I kind of want that to be my 
relationship with God yeah. and theology and the Bible to be at play with it humbly and joyfully. Yes. And I wonder, because it's interesting, because your, your um, description of science, and I, and I think it's probably fair enough to say in a sense science in its early days, mm. um, is um, different to a lot of the science that I experienced because science became a business. Yes. And yes. For, <clears throat> for instance, um, I, I think I, I'm the co-author on about 14 Mm-hmm. peer-reviewed scientific articles. And the thing is that the, there'd be another at least six people authoring, co-authoring those, pap- yeah. those papers. Yeah. And so the, the head, the person whose name comes first <laughs> probably didn't actually do any no. of the research. No. They coordinated yeah. and uh, possibly had the, uh, the knowledge and the experience and, and even the genius to, yeah. to think of what to actually research. Um, but their name was on there because it got money. Mm. Yeah. And often th- this whole thing was you, you, the publish or perish um, syndrome yeah. Uh, yeah. that happened. And a lot of scientists, I think, got seduced by that, that whole structure and lost that, um, that joy. That childlike. That, of, of science. Childlike one. And, th- and, and again, sorry, sorry to drag it back to the Bible. That's, Jesus says, be like the children. Mm. Be like the kids. If you're a scientist running an organisation, even if it's a huge multi-multinational drug company, if you can do it like a child, you're going to find so much more, I reckon. Yeah. Which, you're comparing big pharma to a child. You're, you're it's gonna, scary, isn't it? Yeah. It's scary. But yeah. I, I will admit, I, in my first job, the whole research lab used to go on holiday together. Nice. Both of you or...? <laughs> All 30-something. Wow. I think it was, it was uh, quite an eye-opener wow. uh, in terms of my experience of uh, employment. Right. Well, I want to I throw a metaphysical question at you and see if we can uh, turn your brain inside out with this one. Let's see if I can dodge. Did you, Chris, ever see the movie Gremlins? Remember the movie Gremlins? Yes. Where I the did. little monster, you don't get the mogwai yeah, wet and feed them after midnight and they turn into monsters. There's a scene in that movie where the two uh, kids are running away from the Gremlins and the Gremlins are in the movie cinema. And remember the Gremlins are watching, they're watching um, Hi Ho, Hi Ho, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Right. And it's, and it's showing in the cinema and these the two kids who are trying to find the answer to get rid of all the Gremlins sneak into the cinema or something behind the movie screen. So this, the movie is being right. projected and they are behind the screen. And you can see the shadow of the gremlins running around in front of the projector and all this sort of stuff. I actually have found that to be a really interesting way of thinking about my life because we say what is happening in the real world, you know, what's going on behind the scenes. Mm. And I think that we have it wrong a lot of the time. We think our life is the real world when in actual fact I suspect our life is actually behind the scenes. And all that we're seeing is the back of the screen that the movie's projected onto. We're not in the cinema watching it. And I think Ooh. that – well, <laughs> okay. I, I'm, well, it's just, I'm just trying to get this, this, this mm. idea around because the question I have for you is this. To know the real world – then, and we've been talking about science and how science is finding all these things and science knows stuff. 
But of course, science doesn't know, for example, what dark matter is. What I mean, maybe dark matter is a scientific way of saying something huge that is not visible to us as people. Maybe we are in the background and we can't see what's on the screen. We can't see the real world. But if we wanted to, what sensory receptors should we use if we want to see the real world? If we want to break out of the matrix, for example, <laughs> to use that story. Mm. Wow. Or, or another thing, how can we look for things that we can't see or sense? <laughs> Just in case you're wondering, there is a deafening silence. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, let, let me, let's go back to the, uh, the, the real world yep. idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and behind the scenes, yep. um, because I, I sort of feel there's, a, there's perhaps a, a gentler um, sort of description of it rather than the, the movie theatre. Is, is Looking at the movie from the wrong yeah. side of the screen, yeah. I, I, I see it more of as that old question of if a tree falls in the forest and nobody's there, does it make a sound? Yeah. Um, it, it's in, in some ways in terms of community – Mm. For instance, I think, uh, and this is my interpretation of your, your movie <laughs> scenario, uh, we, for instance, let's take, as we're talking biblical things, as a church community. Right. Uh, what we see as a community is not quite the same as when we are outside of that community alone and what happens in our own personal lives outside the view of that church community is what's actually real. Yep. Does that sort of tie in or have mm. I gone off on a bit of a... Mm. Okay, okay. So how do we understand our world? What devices, what right. what can we use in our human bodies to understand the world well? I think it's... Well, if, if we continue with, with my sort of picture of there, it's how we actually see the world as ourselves. So it's introspective in a sense. Okay. I think we have to look inside ourselves and how we feel the the world is, if you like, interacting with us Mm. to effectively be able to interact with other people. Right. This is, I think, where you get people who have known somebody for a long time will either say, they're the same in private as they are in public. Yeah. Or what you're seeing is not yeah. the real person. Yeah. You don't know them like I do. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's uh, I'm not quite quite sure it's quite the same thing it's, it's, you're saying. But it's I interesting. Think that's an interesting. It's a behind yeah. the scenes thing. Yeah. That if we've got to get it right behind the scenes, yeah. so that when we are in front of on the movie screen, if you like, mm. nothing changes. Mm. And that's really hard to do. It is. And so I think it, it, I would use the eyes, if you like, but mm. it's the, the eyes of um, your inside eyes. Yeah, <laughs> that, that that no, let's not go there. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's how you view your interaction, how the, how the world is treating you, as to how you actually then wow. interact with the world. Okay, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to disagree on that one because I reckon I'm uh, and again not disagree, but again I'm not sure that. That's answering a question that I'm sort of not sure I'm asking. 
Because I think well, if you, that's, if we, that's probably me avo- probably. avoiding the question because yeah, I don't maybe, know the answer. Maybe we don't actually know the. Maybe we don't know the question yet to yeah. this one. How do we see the world as it really is? Because if we mm. if we follow your your um, suggestion there to look inside and to question yourself, that can get really messed up because we are messed up, and so the lens that we're using is that glass darkly that the Bible says yeah. you see things messed up. And I'm not sure that I should see the world using me as the measure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and oh, well, I'm not sure I the agree. world yes, is ready yeah. for that. Uh, one thing I have noticed, though, yeah. is that if we're talking about senses, yeah. um, neither of us have deviated from the idea that the eyes the are The eyes important. are it, yeah. Um, well, because for humans, eyes are primary. It's mm. our primary receptors. So I think if I was to answer your question simply, yes, I believe that seeing is probably the thing that we do most in terms of determining... Um, what what we believe. What, what, and we like I to question, see outside the matrix, but yeah. we probably have to take the blue I pill. reckon, yeah, I reckon that's wrong. Yeah. I reckon that's a problem. And as you say that, I'm thinking, I, I think that maybe we put too much stock in what we see around us and not enough in what comes to us from elsewhere. And I don't know what that elsewhere is, but I think that we put too much in the... Yeah, okay. My next question is what... Senses do we use to see? Here we go. See what we can't see. see. What we can't see yeah. I know. I know. I know. That's to the sense, question. Yeah. Sense is the word. Right, yeah. 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 To sense, sense what we can't. How do we sense that? Yeah. How, how do we sense the things that we don't see? Yeah. 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 I. I don't know. I asked you, but um, we don't have the answer, and that's that's the point of this. Is mm. to. There, I mean, there's there is something going on there that I think is very important. Yeah. And I don't know what the answer is, but I'm willing to keep asking that question. Well, I think it's interesting that. Because of the uncertainty, it leads us to ways that we're used to doing things. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I wonder if that's the way the, the matrix, holds, matrix holds itself together because as soon as we get to the edges, it tries to tell us that we, to look in the other direction. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yes. there may be actually a, a resistance to actually sensing those things that we, mm. we can't normally sense. Yeah. And it does sound very metaphysical. It does sound like we're talking a whole lot of twaddle and it does sound like we're making fun of the, the old The Matrix film. But I think it points to something very, very important, that we are humanly very dependent on our biological receptors to understand our world mm. and that if we just stick with that, we may be missing the universe. And that's the question I'm trying to find an answer to. But we haven't yet. No. Well, that's the first time you've mentioned the universe, you see. Oh. I, think, I think that, no, because I think that actually helps. Okay. Um, because uh, the, the terminology, is, what we're looking at, I mean, because I, I suggested looking inwards. Yeah. Now, your use of the word universe destroys that idea um, because in, inside me is not the universe. Mm. Um, and so... Yeah, it's. It or becomes is a, it? <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a very it's, complex it's problem. Pretty, yeah. So, what do you reckon? We'd love to hear what your questions might be and what sort of answers you came up with. So, you can email us podcast at theoddfather.net. Or you can jump onto the web, theoddfather.net, and check all the socials there, and we'll talk to you then. Thanks for your time, and keep asking those questions.